Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Karen DeSalvo, former National Health IT Coordinator and Assistant Secretary for Health. In this segment, we talk about how she was able to leverage her dual roles to build stronger bridges, how her team worked to create a more modernized framework for the City of New Orleans, and the enormous role that data sharing can play in improving public health. You were also Acting Assistant Secretary for Health. and. The first thing I would ask is, did those two roles dovetail pretty well, or was it a little tricky in balancing the two? Well, it depended. They're culturally very different offices yeah, and have very different histories and underpinnings. So the Office of the National Coordinator was formed in 2004, so it was 10 years old when I got there. The Office of the Assistant Secretary for Health dates back to the 1790s with the beginning of the public health service. And so, so some of the statutory and other traditions are pretty storied, very old. There's a lot of history and formality and pomp and circumstance, um, you know, associated especially with the Commission Corps, but in other ways. And it made for interesting days. You know, if I'd go from one team to the next team, which I did, I, my offices were for a while on the same floor in Humphrey, and I would be on one end at HHS with the younger innovators, and then to the office of the secretary where we still use paper for clearance. And it was a really nice blend, and I was able to, from an operational standpoint, take um, some of the, I think, more uh, innovative, kind of modern approaches and techniques that were happening in ONC and apply them to OASH and vice versa. The teams themselves, in terms of the content work, were already working together, particularly in some areas like vaccines or family planning. And they continued to work together in other ways, like around the dietary guidelines for Americans. So there was a lot of cross-pollination already. And I would like to think that I helped strengthen that and build stronger bridges. Um, I certainly did some detailing of staff from, um, borrowing staff from one to lend to the other to kind of do some additional um, sharing of knowledge and, and information. So I think at the end, I tried to make sure that we were taking the best of the best and applying not only the talent and the knowledge, um, but some of the processes uh, to both environments. It's, it's definitely worth mentioning something that a lot of people don't know, which is that the Office of the National Coordinator was created by a group of, of folks who were public health informaticists. Okay. And so the origins of the Office of the National Coordinator are public health. And, okay. and that was beautiful for me to always you know, sort of remember that there's a public health good embedded in everything ONC is supposed to do. And so it just helped inspire, I think, a lot of the thinking for the public health folks. And I, I really hope that continues. I think it will. There's, there's a preparedness task force that they've started, which was an area that we had done some dabbling of work in while I was there. And I think that the, the timing is right for the world to really want to apply the public good of all this of data, not just to healthcare improvement and even to scientific improvement to the improvement of the public's health. And that's something that you had mentioned before has really been a passion of yours. And I wanted to, to talk about some of the, the things that, that you've really tried to push for with, with public health and kind of why this, that is something that's so important to you. Love to talk about it. <laughs> Starting from the time when I was pretty young, um, somewhere around 13 or 14, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. 
I had no idea what doctors really did. I didn't know any doctors. Uh, I didn't really understand what the process was. But I had this uh, sort of idealistic notion from watching television, frankly, <laughs> that right. like a, a way that you can apply science to helping people. And those are two things that I like. And as I was going through my education, I worked my way through college, and I ended up getting a job at the State Laboratory Institute in Massachusetts. So I worked for the Department of Public Health in Massachusetts and had the amazing opportunity to be exposed to public health there. I got to work in the laboratory and in policy and in public health education at a very broad level, including, though, focused on HIV when it was a fairly new epidemic. So I had this really rich, broad experience in public health that uh, led me to want to study it further and to think about having that as part of my, my work going forward. And so when I went to med school, I got an MD and a master's in public health at the same time. And so it probably was no surprise that it was ingrained in my thinking. And I certainly was doing a lot of health services research and teaching and whatnot that was related to public health. But it wasn't really until Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, that I began to actually do more applying of public health in community. And there were a series of, of iterations that led me on a pathway of understanding the determinants of health, where I think I had been thinking a lot about the healthcare system as if you could make it better, we would improve health. I got better educated by my patients and by the community and the literature, of course, and, and brilliant people from around the country and the world about the other determinants of health, including the social determinants, and um, wanted to understand how to push and drive those to create better health for people and do that at a population level. So, you know, it's one thing to uh, be able to educate somebody about the right ways to eat and be active if they have diabetes and you want them to have that as part of their their care plan or to treat their diabetes perfectly. It's another thing to have the bandwidth to, you know, educate them about going to the YMCA or how to exercise. But if they live in a neighborhood that's riddled with violence or stray dogs or whatever, it's hard for them to get out and, and exercise. Or if they don't have access to healthy food, um, they, it's hard for them to eat well. And so I just sort of kept going further upstream the more I learned about the barriers to wellness for my patients. And I wanted to be a part of the public health opportunities to create the conditions in which people could be healthy, to think about how public health law and policy, both big P and little p, you know, institutional policy, can decide where buses go and don't go and which parks mm -hmm. and playgrounds are, are safe and healthy. And so when I was the um, health commissioner, sort of seeing the world from the other side, I kept saying to the healthcare system, look, I need to know information about asthma rates and where those kids live or where they're going to school, where they're having the most exacerbations because it's the way that I'll be able to target my limited resources to make sure that the, the air quality is good there or that there's you know, the environmental health conditions of their housing development or their school are, are optimal for their asthma. But the healthcare system was data blocking. I'm just going to call it <laughs> what it was, yeah. you know, and yeah. wasn't sharing with public health for a whole host of reasons. And it just kept, it kept kind of like driving this desire for me to build this bridge. But you can't just do it between healthcare and public health to improve health. You have to have technology involved in this new world. It's just I couldn't make the right decisions for my community based on data that was three years old, especially in this community of New Orleans where every month the population was changing because we were recovering from a catastrophe. And so I had a lot of new folks coming into the community. So something that happened in 
in 2009 was barely reflective of my community in 20 and 2011 as an example. So um, I think that for me, public health grew very naturally. Not I had some work and some training and research exposure, but it really for me was just a practical place that I landed wanting to improve the health of my community. And I kept kept finding that the obvious thing that we needed in certainly New Orleans and now I believe across the country is strong local public health to be a convener of stature, to be a bridge to bring the various provider systems and technology purveyors and business community and faith-based leaders and others to the table to the same to, to develop shared goals to improve health. And I had a wonderful experience as health commissioner here working on lighter things like um, physical activity uh, and, and nutritional fitness in, in our community and, and on heavier things like murder. And learned a lot about how society works, civil society works together, sometimes doesn't, and just frankly saw every day what the literature tells us that health is more than health care and that if we're going to really advance health in this country, we're going to have to do that together and we're going to have to do it in such a way that we aren't just fixing people when they arrive in the health care system but do everything we can to keep them uh, well so they can have all the quality of life that they that they enjoy. and as health commissioner, my work in New Orleans was really broad because as a health commissioner, you touch everything. Mm -hmm. And going deep into technology was a a big shift for my brain, but something that I really wanted to do. um, And as I got there, I began to love it and uh, getting, but also began to realize how critical health information technology is to the future success of everything that we want to do to improve health and how if I could support building more bridges between health IT and not just public health but other sectors, that I think we'd have a much better a much better chance at improving the public's health. That was something I wanted to to, to talk about as far as public health 3.0 and, and really what it hopes to accomplish and and how. <laughs> well, the how is the hard part. It yeah. always is. I think um, the the what was um, when I had the chance to. To think some more about my role as assistant secretary at, um, for health, you know, um, Kate, when I when I went to HHS, I had sort of two and a half jobs for a while. I was also co-leading the delivery system reform work, which appropriately took up quite a lot of time. But I was itching to kind of get you know, sort of further upstream to think about the broader determinants of health. And and when the delivery system reform work was cooking along real well, and I was able to step back, I gave me some time to to say, well, what would I like to talk about and think about um, while I had this chance? And, and it was, how is public health reinventing itself in a, the new world that's emerged as the epidemiology has changed, as the root causes of morbidity and mortality aren't communicable disease, infectious disease. They're not just chronic disease like heart disease, but it's increasingly the social ills and challenges our society faces. How, how are they addressing that? And how are they leveraging data and um, relationships, partnerships? How are they uh, measuring and marking success uh, in in a modern world? And how are they paying for it? How are they funding themselves? This is what we were doing in New Orleans. So I had this firsthand experience of reinventing our health department. We uh, broke it down and rebuilt it in the framework of of an accredited health department, sort of more modernized version. But in that journey, um, really we're focused on the big social determinants, uh, and did that with um, partners and 
used funding that we, we got from mostly foundations because it was fairly flexible, but we're starting to think about how to take blended and braided funds from, say, Department of Justice and SAMHSA through grant programs they had to address challenges around violence in our community and, and, and mental health and behavioral health disorders. So I was, I was beginning more of the finance work when I went to HHS and wanted to learn from some other communities of what they did. We did a so we set out a framework describing what three, Public Health 3.0 was, how communities were beginning to pioneer in five areas, leadership and workforce that was more meta-leadership. Secondly, um, using big data, different types of data, and community-level metrics. Third, stepping up their accountability and infrastructure game, becoming accredited and being more transparent with, with others about the performance. The fourth was around um, the partnerships themselves. Uh, we thought they'd be reaching out to not just healthcare, but to business and technology and uh, maybe some more unusual partners. And then finally, how are they leveraging uh, funding and, and what, was the, what were the new sustainability models looking like? We did a listening tour across the country. Um, we selected five communities where we held regional meetings. We had about 100 folks attend each of those. We did a lot of other smaller group conversations, did an extensive look at the literature and sort of what else was happening out there and came up with a report we put out in fall of 2016, which was a call to action for public health. And we had five high-level recommendations, and the WE was um, a report that came from the Office of Assistant Secretary for Health, but it was fed into by all of HHS, um, who had a chance to support not just the five high-level recommendations for what success would look like, but the 51 others that were related to it that um, speak to what we think thought were the most impactful things that not just the feds should do, but state government, local government, and the private sector, how academia and civil society and technology companies, how everybody could have a hand in bringing uh, a world in which we were no longer struggling with the kinds of statistics that show life expectancies declining, and that, again, it's related more to social factors than medical factors and how they were working together. We spotlight some great communities that are doing exciting work. It's just recently at a regional meeting in Kansas. Before that, I was in Kentucky. I hear all the time about local and state health departments that are just doing incredibly innovative work to reinvent what public health is, to modernize it, to make it not something that is as siloed and, and uh, sort of under the radar, but really a part of the community conversation. Uh, we call for there to be chief health strategists in every community for, community, for there to be enhanced funding for public health, for data to be unblocked and available, but also actionable, for there to be accredited health departments serving every community in this country. It's the first time HHS has really stood up and said it's time for public health to be accredited by an external body. Uh, and then finally, um, I think the most disruptive thing that I saw was it wasn't just public health working by itself in communities. They were forming actually new organizations that are regional and sharing services with other public health departments, but uh, sharing money and governance and data with the business community and the healthcare community and payers. So they're restructuring the way they do their work every day. Yeah. Um, and that's such, uh, giving them access to more resources, all of them uh, on the front lines. And I think that the disruptive part is, is why the how is difficult. Uh, I got as much done as I could before I left. I put a few wedges in the door in the funding and accreditation data space. Uh, there's an intense amount of, of support the feds need to give from a, just a policy standpoint. But public health is, frankly, at risk of becoming obsolete at the local level if it doesn't learn to modernize and step out of 
uh, some of the traditional ways that it's been practicing. There's enough models, successful models, of how the local public health is doing it that we shouldn't question whether it can happen. The sustainability needs help. This worries me a lot because I also see what happens when public health is struggling by itself in communities like Flint, Michigan, where they really had a hard time keeping up with the community's needs and expectations because they were so underfunded and were not, were not able to be at all the tables uh, where they need to be. And that story is going to be repeated more and more. Um, as, and as a country, I think we need to call the question, do we want to have someone protecting our health every day even if we don't know it? Do we expect that there's an accountable entity in every community that's going to make sure your food is safe and your water is clean and that your toilets flush and that you have vaccines available, um, but also that somebody's always thinking about um, are, we, are we attending to education and economic opportunity in safe streets? Are all of those determinants of health being addressed? And I know it's possible because I've seen the good. They've shared with us what we need to do. It's all in the report in a fair amount of detail. There's some action happening to make those changes. But I think at the end of the day, the how is going to come from more demonstrations on the front lines and from state deciding that they're going to change the way that they make resources available for local communities to work together. It gets a little policy wonky, but it has to do with things like how do you better align programs like SNAP and private pay? How do you better align the housing money from the private sector and the public sector to see that you have access to affordable housing? So it's not just a government at all. It's, it's really about local communities showing what needs to happen, identifying where there are policy, big P or little p barriers, and then states and the federal government being willing and able to get out of the way. It is such an exciting time for that, right? It's the new administration and Congress want states and local communities to solve their own challenges, but they can't always do it unless they have the right resources and unless the funding is, is well lined up. And uh, back to the main audience that we're talking to today, They've got to have data. You cannot make decisions on data that's three years old, which public health is trying to do all too often. You really need more timely, uh, granular, actionable information to keep everybody in the game and to know that what you're doing is actually improving the public's health. That will be a reinforcing cycle. And I think that the health IT and the healthcare world have such a huge role to play, just as do retailers who have data and um, you know, bike share programs, but healthcare has a pretty rich trove, and I think could really help modernize public health quite quickly if they if they do a better job of sharing. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com/podcast.